This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis, along with uh, Warren Harper. And you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, the twice-a-week podcast about people, politics, and professions. Uh, how's, it go- how's your day going today, Mr. Warren? Uh, day is going pretty good. How's yours? Yeah, so far, so good. Okay. Uh, so there were a couple of things I wanted to kind of mention um, before we got started. And one was yesterday, I, I meant to men- mention this yesterday, about uh, Amazon now has its first union. Mm-hmm. And and so there are people that don't believe in karma. <laughs> karma. <laughs> there are people that don't believe in karma, and 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 I believe this is absolutely an instance of karma. Okay. So last, I think it was in 2020, Amazon. Uh, there was a they had an employee. Uh. They had an employee that uh, was, you know, fighting for employees' rights and that kind of stuff. He was trying to, he was working at a uh, facility in New York, and um, they fired him. Mm-hmm. They fired him. So, so this guy, no money. Usually unions have, you know, get donations and backing and get a lot of um, money in to 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 start their union. This guy, <clears throat> no money. Him and, and one other person that was working at the facility that eventually got the that voted for the union mm-hmm. did GoFundMe's. A social media campaign and got a union into Amazon. Amazon, this big multi-million dollar company, multi-billion dollar company, mm-hmm. fought tooth and nail to keep this union from going in. And, and this flea on the elephant's back brought it down the elephant. Now, determination. It determination. You, whether you believe in unions or not, you have to believe in human beings. This this man, against all odds, when the world said he couldn't and shouldn't, did. So a lot yeah. of times you ask me, well, people don't want this. People don't like this. People aren't going to do this. Mm-hmm. It is stories like that that say the fight is worth it if you believe in the cause. Oh, absolutely. If you believe in it. And yeah. and and this guy was able to bring in you. I don't, I don't, the, the fight isn't over. No, because there are unions, 
so I read the article. The article scene said that there are unions who are 10 years down the road uh, and they still haven't gotten a contract. So wow. the fight, so the fight actually has really just started. But, mm. but you know, when you're, when David's taking on Goliath, the fight is always going to be uphill. It is always going to be a tougher fight. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I did want to, um, you know, at least bring that out. I thought that was uh, a truly inspiring story. Um, it's out there. Uh, I put the link in the show notes from yesterday. I think it was. And if I didn't, you can always reach out to me and I'll send you the, the link to the article or just do a search. It was on NPR. Yeah, it was on NPR. And it was, I think it was on um, a HuffPost. So this was in New York, right? Yeah, this, is, this, was, this was in New York. Yeah. What was the uh, city that they uh, lost in a few months ago? Was that down in Louisiana somewhere? Or something yeah, like I'm that? thinking Atlanta or something. Uh, yeah, I know it was down south. It was in the south. Somewhere south, yeah. I think I was thinking it was in the south. Okay. Right. But they've got they've got another uh I think there's another another unionized vote somewhere in, in I want to say New York. It could have been down mm-hmm. south. I just knew that there was it was a smaller plant was trying to unionize um and they've got a vote coming up and uh, it didn't look good early, but they said that mm. the possibility is still there. So, so they have to take this uh, battle on plant per plant, state by state. How does that work with uh, bringing a union in? Well, you know, at this point, there. So the union representative, union representation appears to be um, plant by plant. Now, if there right. is a, so this this. So they're calling it the Amazon union. Mm -hmm. It's a possibility that as this union gets, you know, they, they may get some support and then start to reach out to other plants and then become the, you, the go-to union for Amazon facilities. Yeah. Gotcha. The the startup, the incubator. It could be the incubator. It could be the egg that becomes the chicken. Um, mm-hmm. in fighting for Amazon employees. And gotcha. one, of the, one of the things that, that why I, I think that, that this person, that this, this young man is fighting for, for the, for the benefit of employees. Anytime you have high turnover in a job. Yeah. Anytime you have high turnover in a job, it says management is not doing what is necessary to keep those employees. They're not valuing them. Mm. Yeah. That's usually what high turnover means. Now, high turnover in, uh, in a job where you have teenagers, there's a difference. You got kids going right. to school. You got sure. other, But when you've got adults who have to raise their children who have to feed themselves, who, mm-hmm. who, 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 who use that money to manage their life, for them to walk away from a job means that they, they are um, being, they're not being appreciated and not giving the opportunity to turn this into a career. Mm-hmm. 
So I get it. I'm not saying, well, I guess I am saying, but but I don't mean to um, absolutely indict Amazon. I'm saying um, when you have, these are, these are red flags. When you've got high turnover in a job where you've got adults, that's a red flag. So um, whether you're for the union or not, um, you got you have to be excited about you know people believing that they need greater representation and are willing to fight for it. Oh yeah, Amazon is known for having uh, labor relations issues and high turnover and just uh, dissatisfaction amongst the workforce. Sure. So the other issue I wanted to get to before we get to our topic, uh, you know, when you a lot more uh, newspapers or a lot more articles on the internet are coming with this opportunity to listen to the article. So oh, at the top okay. of the article, it says, you know, listen to this article. You know, a lot of times I want to, I want to read through. Uh, yeah. And so occasionally I'm doing two things at once. And so I want to listen to the article. Right. And the the most horrible thing is these computer voices. <laughs> Is it free? Well, yeah, it's free. Oh, okay. So, yeah, on the paid version, you probably get a voice that you can live with. You think so? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I guess. I guess oh. El Cheapo me, not not paying for stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm probably getting the condensed version well, or the. Well, I'm just saying that's how it goes. You know, they're gonna offer you as little as possible for, for free. But if you're willing to pay. 99 cents or a couple of bucks, you know, they multiply that times a few hundred thousand, you know, so they can make a little money. <laughs> well, I, you know, my thought is it's, it's, if I come to your site and things don't look well, why would I pay you? If things don't work well, if it's not comfortable for me, why would I give you money in the belief right. that you're going to make it better in the future? I get that. I think we get used to the fact that uh, if it's free, it's probably not the best thing out there, even though and that's the not bad part. Pay. Why does free mean horrible? Why does why why have we allowed business to turn the term free into something horrible? And that's I, that's horrible. That, I think that's horrible. Yeah, I mean, uh, companies are competing with each other with each other to get more business and to be quote better. But if they uh, feel that their product is somehow better, they feel you should put out a little bit for it or more for it. I am all for paying for for things. I am all for paying for things. Okay, but as we talked about yesterday, you have to have the funds to pay for them. True. If, if the cost of living is so high that that things become unaffordable, then people look for alternatives. They look for ways to to stretch their money, to stretch their resources, to use their resources more efficiently. Right. And so and so and so I don't think that looking for something free should be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that people should get paid for their work. I don't, I don't want people to feel like um, that I want everything for free. I want to be able to pay, but I mm -hmm. want you to put it in a price range 
So that a lot of those things I can't afford. I use right. about 10 or 12 different news services. I can't afford 10 or 12 different news services. I, there are, there are news services that I, that ask for donations and I contribute. I contribute to Wikipedia. I use Wikipedia. Okay. But, That's fair. you know, but I can't, I can't financially support 10 or 12 news services and I use 10 or 12 news services. Yeah, so that who, means who? I either live with, and I understand, I live with uh, these mechanical um, electronic voices. I I don't get uh, some of the special content that they have hidden behind, mm-hmm. you know, the paywall. And I and and I understand that, and I don't complain. Try not to complain about <clears throat> it. It's not that I'm not, you know, insensitive to their needs to get paid. But uh, but at some point we need to. I would like to see us. I don't feel that we're in balance with what they're asking for people to pay for what they're offering. Mm-hmm. So it's not worth it, basically. With well, the price. I mean, sometimes I sometimes I question it, and and there's mm-hmm. there's a real, some days they're going to be on, some days they're going to be off. I I expect that, but there are times when I I don't feel like they're offering a good value for the price. I get what you're saying. All righty. So today's, today's show is about adolescence and expectations. Um, we picked this topic probably a day. Yeah. We picked it the day before the, uh, sir, the um, awards show. So it, it wasn't, Picking this topic wasn't a based on the award show. And I mm-hmm. actually don't want to spend a lot of time uh, talking about that because I think that had, had co- topic has been co- um, discussed ad nauseum. Oh, sure. And so I, it's not that I wouldn't like to voice my opinion, but I just think that my opinion has already been to some degree expressed. I'm pretty sure things you're thinking have already been said because uh, there's so much talk about it. So, so much, much talk. talk about it. Well, we will, we will talk about one individual that uh-huh. um, made comments and we'll, we'll hold that for a little bit because I want to <laughs> get to, yeah, I know you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the first, um, the reason that we, Start, decided to start down this road was um, Warren had talked about how you know dealing with adolescents they seem to like forget the life lessons that we teach them the minute that they're not in our company. Am I am I am I saying that right? Uh fairly well. Uh, when you say in their company, you mean no longer in their household or uh, under their roof, that type of situation. Well, I kind of left that open so that you can, you know, be more yeah. clear. Well, yeah, because that's that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Or or when they get enough uh, slack to venture out in the to the world, no longer as a child, but still as an adolescent that has uh, a lot to learn. 
well, you know, give a give a little bit more um, context to to how you saw the the conversation going. Okay, so the conversation that we had in specific, I think, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, you start there. Yeah. Okay. So, in an observation of a situation, I'll just say a family situation. Uh, there's an adolescence that has this idea that they can venture out on their own and be in an environment that, that they have no control whatsoever of and, and make huge complaints about the way things are done and how they're treated. And uh, the first issue is that once you leave custody of your parents, you're out there in the cold, cruel world, mm -hmm. and you need some serious life skills to know how to uh, function and how to navigate through that. And if you still have the mindset of a child, don't know, uh, if you don't know what being a responsible adult is, then you're going to have some issues. You're going to have wrong expectations and it's just not going to be good. Not going to be pretty. Right. And so like, um, I think one of the things that you said was we teach our children how to behave when they're living in someone else's house, when they're living in a house that they're not paying the bills that, that they're not responsible for, that they're a guest in. And we expect them that once they leave our home and move out, that they have learned those lessons and will put those into practice, you know, living into someone else's house. And, mm -hmm. and the difficulty is, is that we can't guarantee that that lesson, those life lessons have stuck. No, you can't guarantee much of anything. It's like, once you get out into the world, it's a different world and you're kind of learning, learning a lot of things by, by experience. And the first thing you learn is that, Hey, you know, this, this might be a whole lot different from where I grew up or where I live with my family situation, you know, you're mm -hmm. in a different dynamic. And then the question is, how do you deal with the different dynamics? Are you going to react as a mature adult would act? Or are you still in the mindset of a child and you have uh, immature expectations? Like somebody owes me such and such, you know, mm -hmm. uh, this is somebody else's responsibility mm -hmm. when it's really not, you know, like transportation, uh, food, shelter, your basic needs. So these are things that um, I see young people struggling with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so one of the things that, that I have seen is uh, people, you know, they'll, they'll go stay with someone and they won't clean up. They won't help clean up. Mm -hmm. And I, so I have to ask, you know, where were you raised where you're the people that were instructing you told you that you could go, you know, live in someone else's house and not have to help. Right. And not have to participate in making the environment livable for everybody where you could go in, create a mess, maybe make uh, di uh, dishes in the sink, uh, 
And then Mm -hmm. you don't have the responsibility of volunteering to wash dishes, to wash clothes, to, to sweep and mop, you know, Mm -hmm. what environment did you, did you grow up in? Cause my belief is, and, and you can tell me if, if this is something that you've encountered, my belief is, is that every household that I have ever come into contact with, has always encouraged or always put had the rule that if you are in this household, you will participate in the work that is necessary to make this household livable. Right. That means you don't you don't eat somebody else's food without asking. You don't mm-hmm. you don't make dishes and, and then walk away. You don't um you know, if you're if you're in a living if you're sleeping in the living room, say you sleep on a sofa or whatever, your responsibility is to make that up so when you leave. To to make your bed, even if you don't normally make your bed, you can't leave that space looking lived in because it is the living room. Mm-hmm. And yet right. right, and 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 yet we I I seem to encounter people thinking that they don't have to do that. That they that there's a choice. <laughs> is that yeah? A- it's uh, every household is different though. So, what's taught in one household might not be taught in the next. Even though it should be standard, you would think like the things you name: clean up, wash the dishes, do the basic things. Uh, every household just might not be run run like that. So then, then you got to f- figure out how to address that issue. You know, you got to sit that person down and say, "Look, this is how we run this house." Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I don't. Okay, so so it is true that that every household. I don't know how every household is run. Would you believe that there is a household that would not run that way? Like the way you described? Right. That, that, oh, yeah. can you yeah. believe that there's a household that says, leave dishes however you want? Um, don't help around the house. Um, you know, don't participate in making this a livable environment for everybody. I mean, it, it, do you, have you ever encountered a house like that? Well, yeah, absolutely. I've been into some places that look like a tornado went through them, you know, and that's the way they live. Mm. I've seen some pretty bad situations. Okay. Okay. But everybody's standard is not the same. Okay. You go in one house and what's acceptable and what's normal is totally different from the next house. So we, we don't have, uh, it's not like you're in the military and there, there are set rules that everybody's following. I think some houses are totally different than others, uh, a lot more laxed or, you know. Mm-hmm. No, that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good point because I tend to believe, okay, so, so we came from an agrarian society. So okay. if you look at the progression of mankind, Mankind came from an agrarian society. 
I mean, the first we were nomadic. Uh, we just wandered. We ate wherever we, we, we ate what we killed. You know, uh, we, we may not have slept in the same place two consecutive nights, et cetera. We went where the food was. Mm -hmm. So then we, we moved into farming. Right. Realizing that we, we could grow our food. We could stay more settled and, um, and, and live that way during that time period. Everybody was required to participate. Everybody was required right. to help feed the animals or uh, fix and repair barns or whatever we needed mm -hmm. to sustain life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we moved into the urban areas, I, I tend to believe that that mentality stayed with us. So it's, it's difficult. While I understand that there may be households that don't um, um, necessarily follow that line of logic and reasoning, mm -hmm. it's difficult for me to believe that not everybody has been exposed to that. Oh, I, I think quite contrary. I think there's some people that have not been exposed to much at all about the ways of life uh, generations ago in the past that you were describing. I think people have just uh, migrated far and far away from some of those old standards. And, and here's, okay. Um, I guess I, I'm just, I feel like that that is so ingrained in our psychology that so so did your parent your parents taught you that right yeah my my parents taught me that their parents taught us that taught my parents that because when I went to my grandparents' house. You did not leave sh shit lying around. You were in somebody else's house. And the mm -hmm. very first thing is you found out what were the rules of the house. Every house had rules. You didn't go in certain rooms. You didn't, uh, you know, you didn't just, you don't walk into somebody's house and go in their refrigerator. Yeah, true. You know, so every house has rules. There are um, a minimum set of acceptable behaviors that you absolutely have to, to perform and not perform when you walk into somebody else's house. When you walk in the door, you don't go past the room that you enter the house in without an invitation. Okay. So I open the door, I walk into the kitchen. Does that come in the back door? The house has the kitchen in the back. I walk in the kitchen. I don't go past the kitchen unless somebody says, come on. Or somebody mm -hmm. says, go in that room. You have to right. be invited past the room that you enter the house in. I don't know. 
So I would be surprised that anybody would walk in someone else's house and not know that. Really? Yes. Well, I have seen a lot of people that don't necessarily behave that way. I understand they don't behave that way, but, but one of the things that you said earlier was is that you taught them that. You taught them things, and then as an adult, they still thought as a child, and they didn't, they didn't apply those lessons that they learned in adolescence. Well, yeah, but then I can't speak for everybody when I talk about things that were taught. I, I'm talking about things that I might have seen up close within my close family. But again, we're talking about all of society. I think uh, you, I don't think we have hard standards across society within families now. I really don't. Okay. I, I guess I don't, I, I believe that there is a, there are societal norms and expectations that they're either passed by conversations. They're not hard rules that are printed on a, on a manual that you mm -hmm. open it up and says, don't walk in around somebody's house, uh, uninvited, mm -hmm. but everybody knows you don't walk around somebody's house uninvited. Hmm. I don't know that I could say that everybody knows these okay. things. We can assume that, yeah. But when you look at the actual behavior, you have to ask your question. Do they know where, what were they taught? And I don't know. But we can definitely observe behavior. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask the questions. Why? Do they behave that way? Why don't they behave a certain way? And that's, I think that's what we're looking at. Uh, we're looking at changes that have to be dealt with and explained. Okay. I, I mean, I am really finding, um, I'm, I'm really glad we're having the conversation because I'm finding it fascinating that, that that you don't see that there are societal norms that don't have to be written down because, because there are things that I have learned simply by going to someone else's house and they're saying to me, so I've heard someplace else, you don't walk around somebody else's house. I go to somebody's house. I start to walk into another room and they say, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, why are you doing that? That reinforces what I heard someplace else. Mm -hmm. And so, and so what, what the idea that I'm getting from you is that they haven't heard it someplace else mm -hmm. and it's not reinforced someplace else. So it's like they, they don't get that message at all. And I think that's quite the case with a lot of people, not all, but many people. And, and I think that's apparent by behavior. And, and here's what I, and, and so, and so that's a good way to look at it. But I look at that behavior and say, it is not reasonable. Mm -hmm. It is not reasonable 
to walk into someone's house and believe you can walk through their house at your will. Hmm. I, you know, I have, I, for me, there's, I can't, I can't see a situation where you would, a person would think that. And so, you know, what you're saying makes, makes sense. I understand it. It's just, mm -hmm. it, it just in the scope of the world that I have been exposed to, many of the things that I believe I was exposed to, not only by my parents, but by the environment around me. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, and so when you say that, that these people haven't even been exposed to this information from the environment around them, that then puzzles me. Right. And yeah. Well, I, yeah, I understand it. It puzzles you, but uh, we have to search for the reasons why things changed over time. Well, I don't know if things have changed. So why do you think things have changed? Let me ask that. Because people, basically because people don't behave the way they used to. Something has caused them to be uninformed or uh, uncooperative or just totally uh, disconnected with the old standards that we grew up with back in the decades of past. You can see all these things evident in the crime rates, uh, high school dropouts, um, things that are going on in society. It, there's definitely been some shifts that have allowed these changes and bad trends to, to occur. Hmm, that's interesting. So, Let's let's go back. Let me give you an example. Okay. In in the eighties, around the time when the uh, crack era was started, do you think that that drug and people using that drug in large uh, amounts of uh, our society has had a devastating uh, effect on our behavior from then forward? Okay. People strung out on drugs, uh, literally mindless, living in the, some of the worst conditions you could imagine. So, so okay. So, so my experiences have been that even though those people were strung out on drugs, mm -hmm. they knew what social rules were in place. They knew that, that they couldn't walk into somebody's house and take a television that they had to sneak in somebody's house to take the television because the person wanted right. their television. Mm -hmm. So that means that they understood the rule. They just decided to bypass it. And so, yeah. and so what I'm saying is, is that I believe people understand those rules. They just choose to bypass them. And, and, and I felt like what you were saying was, is that these people don't know the rules that, that they weren't, exposed to the rules in any meaningful way mm -hmm. that they knew that they existed. Well, when you look at the, the environment that 
young kids are, are raised up in, some of these very extreme conditions, which are, might not be the norm, really can affect the way the mindset and the way that they grow up and think. And you have that all across a broad spectrum of society, although it may be a small portion of people over time that infects the whole society and values change things people teach their children may change uh what's accepted may even change and so i think that's part of what's contributing to the situation we have now is this just different things happening in uh, within our culture within society not just uh the drugs but a lot of values on uh, relationships uh things like that. Well, yeah, you are, you are correct. Things change and they change in different ways. So when I grew up, you called someone that you did not know, Mr. or Ms. Mm -hmm. Mrs. or Ms. Then they changed that to, um, Ms. It was Mr. Mrs. or Miss. Now it's Ms. So that you don't have to identify whether she's a married or single woman, or you don't know if she's a married or single woman. So you use MS as a, as a, uh, denotation. Mm -hmm. And so that all changed. And now we've gotten to the point where we don't even use Mr. or Ms. or Mrs. Mm -hmm. Right. So we don't use that. Um, and so what was, and I, and I understand what you're saying and I'm agreeing that there are those changes. And so it makes sense that, um, you know, when we don't have those things in place, there is a shift in our behavior. And, and so, yeah, how, 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 how does that transpire so that, that it, it equates to behavioral changes. So like, um, people stop using, why did people stop using Mr. and Ms? You know, what, what was it about that that was unusable that people dropped it? And I think that would be interesting to learn to go back and figure out why that, that has happened. And should we go back to that? That how did that impact our our behavior as a society? Yeah, I, I can't say what caused the changes uh, as far as those things are concerned, but we know over time cultures evolve and traditions change or go away. So that's that's a good question for sociologist, you know, to look at those trends over time. But I, I just know for a fact that today in today's society, those values and traditions and things that we thought were proper and normal back then, a lot of them, a lot of them aren't even being taught or accepted. So we we're in a totally different era. Okay. Okay. 
I have to say that 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 today I looked at things a little differently. I learned something. Um because I took for granted that people understood those things, they just chose not to do them. And and what you're saying is is that I need to for me, I need to understand better are we still teaching those things and people just ignoring them or are we not teaching those things anymore? And I, I just, I just have, I watch behavior of the people around me. And so I have a difficult time believing that we're not teaching those things anymore because I can see from the behavior of the people that I encounter mm-hmm. that they're still working to try to instill those kinds of values into their children. And yes, I see people, um, I see people um, ignoring some of those values to do what they think that they want to do. But again, it comes down to, I believe that they know the difference. They just choose to do different. But I could be wrong. And that's where I need to understand, um, are they doing these things because they don't know any better or because they do and have decided to do different? I think it's probably a little of both because being taught, being uh, instructed to do something and believing that that's the right thing don't always come out to be the same because uh, you have outside pressures and influences that are coming into a person's mind and they can affect how you perceive things. So you could have parents saying, yes, you do this, you do that and that, but you have a, say a young adolescent with all these other th- things going through their head, their, uh, their buddies are saying, oh, your family is so tight and they're so screwed up and that's, oh, we don't do that anymore. You know, that was back in the day, you know, now we, we do this or we don't do that. And that's that pressure, uh, on younger people can sometimes be very influential to debunk the norm or whatever their parents or family is trying to instill in them. But then again, I think it really depends on the individuals for us, how that's accepted. You know, are you going to listen to your parents or are you going to listen to uh, your contemporaries who really don't know much, you know, that's the challenge. So, so here's what I heard from what you just said. They have been exposed to it. but May they, have been. Well, you said their parents told them to do it and told them not to do it, you know, or told them what not to do, and that they listened to their friends. And so, and so that's, I can only work from that okay. perspective. Okay, well, let, let, I'm, I'm just giving the example right. of the ones that you think should have known better. But at the same time, we have generations of people that have not necessarily been taught at home about these things. I have seen that, you know, I've seen generations where their behavior was totally accepted in the home that was you don't know where it came from, but it wasn't what we consider the acceptable standard. And so they pretty much kind of grow up as 
as the outcasts, but but they're real people and they're exhibiting different behavior from what a lot of us consider should be the norm. So there's a divide. There's not just one specific model is what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Um, so, so. Okay. So part of what, what I saw as an issue was there was a time period when um, teen pregnancy exploded. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So you've got a child raising a child. Okay. It is difficult to teach someone values that you haven't learned. That's true. So, so teen pregnancies could have an impact on the more, um, uh, abusive our relations our uh, society has become because they couldn't pass on those values because they hadn't learned those values because learning for from we, that we've understand from childhood is that um, it has to be reinforced you have to over and over and over and they have to learn it for years you know they have to they have to see that that requires, um, you know, that it that it it's legitimate, and that that you live it, and then they can understand it, because as a child, there are certain things that their minds can't grasp yet. There are mm -hmm. certain concepts, and so you have to help instill those concepts. Now, the the difficulty that I have with my assessment that teen pregnancy was a big factor is that a lot of grandparents were helping raise those children. And so they still may have heard it. They may not have heard it as much. That means they were still exposed to some degree mm -hmm. and they chose to go a different route. If I give you different, if I give you competing information and you make a choice, that information is either going to be reinforced by the people that you come into contact with on one of those issues or the other. So in other words, if, if I say to you, when you walk into someone's house, you don't walk past the room that you're invited in. And then someone else says, no, when you walk into someone else's house, make you sure you go to the living room. So now you've got two competing ideas. So the minute you walk into someone's house, one of those is going to be reinforced. Or maybe a third option comes up. But the more houses you walk into, the more likely that is going to be one issue is going to um, supersede all others. So, so, so when, when we talk about um, an idea being uh, presented to someone and you making a choice, 
I tend to lean more towards that. Because you're going to have those experiences. Now, maybe mm -hmm. this is only the second experience for you. Uh, once you've stepped outside the adulthood, once you've left your parents' house. But eventually, there will be, there will come a um, understanding of what is expected on a societal level. Okay. Now, I don't know how to explain not using Mr. and Mrs. Mr. Mr. and Ms. Or Mrs. I don't know how to. That's where I need to some uh, knowledge. But but a lot of the there are people doing things that surprise me because I know what environment they grew up in. Okay, what's an example of that? Well, I there are people who who um call someone else's house after 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And I knew that they were told or that that it was a part of their upbringing that they were told don't call somebody after 10 o'clock. Okay, you knew that. I knew that. Okay. And so they decided or they for whatever reason they come to their own logic that maybe they called their friend who um, who's, who's their same age, who says, man, you can call me after 10 o'clock as much as you want. Okay. So to reinforce it, but to, to then ignore that for everybody mm -hmm. says you've made a choice because you know You've been given information. You know you've been given information about a behavior, and now you're ignoring it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Just because I, a few I, situations have, have reinforced some things, that doesn't make everything else go uh, invalid. But you have been exposed to it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying. And so, and so I'm having to run into the situation of learning that, that there are these things that occur that people have not absolutely not been exposed to mm -hmm. these societal norms. Hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know what to say about that one. Uh, um, <laughs> maybe the person that made that call, that late call, assumed in his mind that the other person that they called after 10 o'clock would be okay with it as well. I, I don't know. It's hard to say what, what they were thinking with that shift, you know, sure. from one person to the next. Understood. I like to go back to the the teenage pregnancy thing. Okay, because th I thought that was a little interesting. Okay. You said that uh, when okay, so when a teenage girl gets pregnant, 
what does that have to say in general? What, what, what do you think the implication there is? Hold on a second. Uh, I'm sorry. What, what, what is the implication of what? Yeah. Of a teenage girl getting pregnant. What do you, what do you, how do you look at that? No, I was just saying in the scope of, so, so you were talking, we were talking about values changing in society. Mm -hmm. And, and so my comment was, is that teenage pregnancies. So you had these, we had this, a short period of time, I guess it's short, we had a period of time when teenage pregnancies ballooned. Okay. They were, they were ballooned. There was a lot of them, mm -hmm. you know? And so I surmise that depending on the teenager, if you had not learned certain societal values, you couldn't mm -hmm. teach those societal values to your child. Okay. So if, so there were some teenagers that got pregnant and stayed with the family. And so those societal values are still probably implemented in the family. So the teenager themselves didn't necessarily have to um, be the one teaching those values. And they may have been the ones giving alternate values. When, when the grandmother would say, son, pick up after yourself, mm -hmm. the teenager may say, afterwards, you don't have to pick them toys up no more. She'll take care of them. Because teenagers yeah. can be rebellious. Sure, sure, sure. So, so what I'm saying is, is that there's a possibility that there was a shift because of teenage pregnancies. There were a lot of teenage pregnancies. There were, I can say a lot, there were teenage pregnancies, teenagers who got pregnant, who left home. Okay. Who moved into other um, um, domiciles, you know, other situations where they were the authority. And it's hard to, and, you know, if they hadn't learned a lot of those societal norms, then yeah, they're going to be impacted and influenced by whatever environment they were in at the time. So if they had a, boyfriend who was, or, um, um, you know, lived in a community where heavy drug use was the norm and people did not respect personal space, then they may teach their child not to respect personal space. Mm -hmm. But the child may encounter people's understanding of personal space once they leave that environment. And then now they have the the ideology that they grew up with that personal space wasn't important and it confronts uh, a society where personal space is important. And you're right, they may, they may do things that violate that until they realize that that's a hard and fast. Hmm. Okay. Well, I was just trying to figure out how to, to weigh the, the significance of teenage pregnancy into the general conversation as far as um, the other things like um, traditions and values. And if 
one particular teenage girl got pregnant meant the same thing for another one, or were they all uh, separate in incidences? Well, do it's you hard put to them all in one category? It's 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 hard to teach traditions and values when you haven't learned the traditions and values. Okay, I understand what you're saying. So if a, do you think a teenage girl that got pregnant was any different than the average teenage girl that say maybe didn't get pregnant? I'm, I'm, I don't, different how? What, what do you mean by different? The, f the fact that she got pregnant, how does that make her different in your opinion? Other that, than the fact that, wasn't, that she got that, that had absolutely nothing to do with what I was talking about. Absolutely oh. nothing to do with what I was okay. talking about. I, I was just trying to understand if that made them. I don't, them in that's not, categories. that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. It is okay. the ability to teach. Is ability to teach societal norms, which is what we're talking about. We're not talking okay. about the value of one person over another. That has that has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Okay. There is there is no connection whatsoever with those two. But are you talking about that particular person's ability to teach the norm or just in general? Okay. So, so I feel connected. like you're not understanding understanding what I'm saying. And so you, okay. you can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. You cannot teach mm -hmm. what you do not know. Okay. Whether you're a man, a woman, or a beast, you cannot teach what you do not know. Okay. Our society, when we talk about societal changes, Mm -hmm. One of societal change was teenage pregnancies. Mm -hmm. What can be affected by teenage pregnancies is the transfer of knowledge. Okay. Because that's what teaching is. It is the transfer of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I have, that has nothing to do with whether she got pregnant or not. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's what I was trying to clear, clarify. Okay. Okay. Um, so we will, uh, wrap up that we got a minute left. I do. I did want to get to, uh, the, uh, video by, um, Candace Owens, I thought it was an interesting situation that we didn't, we didn't talk much, uh, really talk much, hardly anything about the um, Will Smith slap. Yeah, I know, situation. I know. But I, I do think it, it is interesting. Um, Candace Owens video about that. I, I put it in. I think there was a link to it in yesterday's uh, podcast. And so I would encourage you to go and because I, I really found that conversation interesting. And, and so I'm going to, I'm not going to give my take on it. Um, 
because I, I just I would like to see you know people to to listen to it and kind of hear what they had to say because I I I had my issues and you and I we we talked about mm-hmm. that. I thought we were going to talk about it a little bit, but I didn't know we were out of time now. So yeah, so we're out of time. <laughs> no time, no yeah. problem. So so that was a that was a bullet I dodged. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you dodged it, huh? Well, yeah, because I I didn't want to, I didn't want to give my take on it. I didn't want to, um, yeah, you know, put out there what I was thinking. I want to have a conversation, and usually, mm-hmm. it, my thought is is that too many times if you put uh, your thoughts into the mix, um, you know, people just listen to your thoughts and then they keep them thought, their thoughts to themselves. And I want to encourage people to 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 have some dialogue. Um, sure. Because I would like to hear what other people think. All right. Well, I wish we had some uh, comments or some uh, viewers that would might like to leave some comments on it. Well, Give you know, um, we we don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll not necessarily now, but I mean, you know. Well, yeah. I, I you know, yeah. we're we're doing the show. We're doing the show. Right. If they show up, great. We'll, you know, we really appreciate you. And if if yeah. they don't, then they, we just we haven't giving them a product that they want. And I, and I understand that. Well, we just got to keep working at that. Well, uh, okay. We will. <laughs> yeah. Any last comments before we get out of here? Well, I think the things have changed over uh, a period of time, over a few generations within our society. Uh, what has caused most of the changes? I, I can't really answer that question, but I think we are definitely living in different times and we just have to be diligent about teaching the best values that we can within our own families and household. Very good. I, 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 th- I think it's, it, 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 I've always you know, advocated for understanding a situation before you can discuss it. I don't know what has driven some of those changes. I do know some of the things I don't, the, but there are questions that I have about what has driven those changes, why we, we don't use Mr. anymore and why we don't speak properly. But um, mm. w- when I take things into consideration that, you know, we, we become less formal as a society. Yeah. Um, that, that that may be have that may have been just a casualty of that desire to be less formal. Mm. So you know we've got you know people coming to work and they want to dress um, any way that they want to dress. They want to uh, look any way that they want to look, and they want to be able to do whatever they want to do without being held to a formal, organized way of behavior. Sure. All righty. We will be back next week. Thank you very much for joining us all. All right. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, 
shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you. <laughs>